You're listening to a podcast from City Tribe Media. We're an urban tribe that helps people who feel far from God to know God, find freedom, discover purpose, and make a difference. For more fresh content, check City Tribe on YouTube, Instagram, or Facebook. Enjoy the message and welcome to the tribe. Now, here's Doug Robbins. <laughs> that was so much fun. Yeah. So much fun. We had a great time over here on Friday night. And you know, part of the reason we did that, you hear us say all the time that we're about four things here at City Tribe, that we want to help people to know Jesus, cultivate personal freedom in their lives, discover their purpose, and make a difference in the world. And the reason that we are serving teachers today, the reason that we had karaoke with our street friends, is that we wanted to make a difference in the world. And so I want to say a big thanks to Margot Garza and her whole team that made Community Karaoke Night such a success. Would you guys join me in honoring Margot uh, for that? And one of the things that we thought about as we planned out that Community Karaoke Night was that I think a lot of the people that are living on the streets are tired of the church people giving them a meal and making them listen to a sermon. And so we tried to turn it around and say, hey, sure, we'll give you some food and we'll give you some supplies, but then we're going to put you on the stage to be the stars as you want to be. And you should have heard some of the great music coming out of the voices of some of our friends that are living down the street. Some folks who attend our church and some who may not, and we hope will in the future. But I'm so grateful for the team that put that on because that's what Jesus calls making a difference is being salt of the earth is what he says. I brought my H-E-B-C salt today, and the, part of the reason I brought this because, you know, Jesus' metaphor, and if you're at home and you have guests over and you just sprinkle a little sea salt on the meal, they think you'll know what you're, you know what you're doing, that you're a real chef, right? And so look at what Jesus said about being salt in the world. From Matthew chapter five, we're gonna look at verse 13. He says, you are the salt of the earth, but what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It'll be thrown out and trampled under feet as worthless. And so today I want to show you four characteristics of people who are salt. Now, when I say that we're wanting to be salt, I'm not saying that we want to be salty. Some people are a little salty and a little angsty and a little angry all the time, but the anger of men doesn't achieve the righteousness of God, does it? But we want to be appropriate salt in the world. I'm going to show you four ways to do that from the scriptures today. And the first one is simply this. Salt is a seasoning. It's a seasoning. Now, does salt have its own taste or does salt enhance the taste and the flavor of other foods? Well, I read a study this past week that says salt both has a taste and it enhances the flavor of other foods. And you'll know someone as being salt of the earth when it's not just their flavor that is displayed to the world, but when they enhance the flavor of other people and empower other people to lead and find their own unique skills, gifts, and abilities. Now, one of the things that Paul said was that we are, we are salt through our conversation. So go with me to Colossians chapter four, verse six, I believe. And he says, let your conversation always be full of grace, yet seasoned with what? Salt, right? It's just, so the meal is grace, but we season the meal with salt. And then he says, so that you may know how to answer everyone. So our conversations are supposed to be grace, Season with salt. Now, how many of you know that Christian or that church person that 
All they do, they start with salt, but they never earn the right to have the conversation about Jesus. They just start preaching at people and judging people, but they never serve said people, and so no one wants to listen to a word that they say, right? Um, they're making the meal salt and trying to season salt with grace when really the meal, the main dish is grace, the grace of God, and we just season it with flavoring, see? Now, there are also some people that they act like, hey, I'm gonna serve other people, but then they never get around to having the conversation, insulting, seasoning the conversation with Jesus, right? So you gotta, at some point, get to the point and tell people after you've earned the right, built a relationship, served and loved people with you know, not asking for anything in return, they will want to talk to you and you can have the conversation about Jesus, you know? It's kind of like when you go to the restaurant, you ever see you go to the restaurant and they put salt on the rim of margaritas and the reason that they do that is because they want to make you thirsty. And so when we appropriately salt, it makes people thirsty for conversations about Jesus. Now, there are some Christ followers or Christians that they'll say, hey, man, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for the right moment. But if you wait too long, you'll miss the opportunity. You'll miss the time to have the conversation about Jesus. And if you never add Jesus into the conversation and sprinkle him into it, you'll do what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5, verse 13. He says, but salt, what good is salt if it's lost its flavor? He says, can you make it salty again and be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless? Now, what that's not saying is if you never engage in a conversation about Jesus that he's gonna throw you into hell. That's not what that's talking about. This passage is about usefulness, not your eternal destiny there because Jesus knows that it's already in your heart to have a useful conversation and he already knows that if you make a difference in the world that you add and sprinkle Jesus into the conversation, that it will make you feel fulfilled because you're useful to him and his kingdom work. So turn to someone next to you and tell them, you're great seasoning. You're great seasoning. Go ahead. I just helped someone's marriage just now, didn't I, right? So that's good, isn't it? Now let's go to number two. Salt symbolizes value, doesn't it? It symbolizes value. In the ancient Roman times, sometimes soldiers would be paid with salt. They were given salt. In fact, you know how in Spanish salt is sal? Well, the etymology of the word uh, salary started with salt because people were paid with salt. They used it as currency, like money, see? And so because of this, through our everyday lives, through our jobs and what we do during the week, we want to add to the value of other human beings. We want to offer products, goods, and services that lead to the flourishing of all types of people. In fact, we particularly want to add value to the lives of people who don't agree with us about our spiritual convictions. Look at what Jesus says in the same chapter he talked about salt. He tells us God's heart for people who disagree with God. Look, look at verse, uh, what is this? Uh, Matthew chapter five, verse 45 and 46. God causes the sun to rise on the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the righteous and the unrighteousness. Unrighteous. If you love those who love you, what reward will you get? So even God blesses people 
who don't agree with him. See? And if God does it, then we, if we're going to be salt, we want to bless people through offering good things to them, even if they disagree. And you know, we live in a world that cancels and hates on others that disagree. But in the kingdom, we bless and love people who don't buy into all of our convictions. And so throughout history, you'll see that Christians have brought things that are good that that bring value to the world. For example, Christians have brought education to the United States. Like the first 123 universities and colleges in the United States were Christian, most of the time for training pastors. Harvard was named after a pastor, John Harvard. Princeton was established by a pastor named John Dickinson. Public schools began in America as church charity schools. And these schools were so excellent that children of every different background started piling into these schools and they grew so much that they had to have curriculum and oversight boards. And this is the genesis of what would evolve into the public schools that we have today in this country. Christ followers started hospitals. They brought the value of hospitals to our country. That's why we have today Baptist Hospital, named after a Christian denomination, Christus Santa Rosa. I've never had a couple come up to me and say, hey, Pastor Doug, our baby was born at Atheist Hospital. It just doesn't happen, does it? Because Christ followers were the ones that were motivated to provide this cultural good. And then you'll also see that Christ followers brought the value of cities. Do you know that? Christ followers established and named cities. If you think and look or do a Google search on the number of cities around the world that are named uh, by Christian names, it's too many to count. But let's just start here at our home base here in San Antonio. Our city, San Antonio, was named after St. Anthony or Antonio because He was a man on mission. Uh, Christ followers named and established cities. And so this city is no, no, you know, it's no exception to this. People today are enjoying the river walk. They're enjoying the pearl. Fiesta, Texas and SeaWorld because a group of Christ followers wanted to establish and name a settlement, a city right here. We worship in the neighborhood St. Paul Square that was named after the Bible's great St. Paul. Uh, Christ followers also brought the value in the area of racial equality. If you go back in history, you can see leaders like William Wilberforce in England and Martin Luther King Jr. here in the United States. Their motivation and heart began with a theology as they were changed by the power of God. They wanted to bring about biblical justice in the area of equality in the world. In fact, we're in the Cameo Theater where we worship, which was created to serve African-American families during the days of segregation, and they would play movies like The Blood of Jesus, which was created by movie producer, an African-American producer named Spencer Williams. And uh, you can actually go watch the blood of Jesus on YouTube. I think someone posted it there. But we're not the first church to meet in the cameo. You got to understand that. And so today I want to give honor to the first pastor who had his church meet and worship right here in the cameo. His name's 
Reverend C. William Black Jr. And he held services here in the cameo back in 1946. And you wanna know how Reverend Black was able to pay the rent so that his church could worship here? He would come in here after the Cowboy Kitty movies and he would clean up the empty popcorn boxes and the ice cream messes here in the theater in order to pay for the rent of the theater. And you know why he did all that, was willing to go through that? So, so that he could be salt and make a difference so that he could add value to this community. So turn to someone next to you and tell them, you bring great value. Go ahead. Boy, your marriage got even better today. You can thank me later. Uh, look, look at number three. Salt symbolizes preservation and healing. Now, we all know that when Jesus wrote that we're supposed to be salt to the earth, that people didn't have refrigerators and freezers, so people would use salt to preserve their meat. But the ancients would also use salty solutions to rub on their wounds for healing. We do the same thing today, don't we? Like when you have a sore throat, sometimes you gargle with salt water. Some of us like to lay around in the ocean because it makes our skin feel good, doesn't it? When I was a teenager going through puberty, I'd just, I'd just dunk my face in the salt water in the ocean to clear up my zits, you know? So uh, we know that salt has this healing effect, doesn't it? But people in our small groups, we call tribes, they're actually being salt to each other in a communal environment, and they're seeing people spiritually, emotionally, and even physically healed because they're being salt to each other in groups. We are healed in loving, warm, small groups in relationships with other people. That's how spiritual formation, growth, and healing happens in our lives, and that's why Pastor Joe has led us to have the tribe walk today. So if you'd like to get involved, go back, go out there and find one that fits for your life. But as we talk about all these grand ways to be salt and you know establish hospitals and do all these great things, if you're like me, maybe you're thinking, hey man, you know, I've never like founded a city, you know, uh, I've never named a town or whatever, uh, I've never started a university. Can I still be salt? Well, I think you can. Um, you know, there was a Christian professor and author, J.R.R. Tolkien, and he inspired some movies. And in one of those movies, you know, Gandalf was asked why he would work with that hobbit, Bilbo Baggins, who had no extraordinary ability or powers. And here's, here's what he said. He said, Saruman believes it's only great power that can hold evil in check. But that is not what I have found. It is in the small, everyday deeds of ordinary folks that keep the darkness at bay, small acts of kindness and love. And if you have a big vision to start a city or to go to the moon or to you know, name a hospital, by all means, go for it. But at the same time, don't miss out on the opportunities through small acts of kindness and love to be salt here on the earth. You can give salt by giving an 
honest day's work to your boss, whether or not he or she is a Christ follower. You can be salt by helping resource a teacher, by volunteering at Kid City, by taking a street person to a meal at Denny's and getting them a good meal there, by initiating a conversation about Jesus. There are a lot of different ways that we can be salt in the world. But let's get to number four, and it's simply this. Salt symbolizes a binding commitment, a binding commitment. You know, in the Old Testament days, there was ancient customs where a bond of friendship was established through eating salt. Isn't that interesting? They like, you eat salt, and it's like, we're friends. In fact, there was a saying that if you've eaten a man's salt, you're his friend for life. Well, you know, God did that too. God would establish a binding commitment, a relationship that he was committed in through salt. Look what he did with King David and King David's descendants in 2 Chronicles chapter 13, verse 5. It says there, don't you know that the Lord, the God of Israel, has given the kingship of Israel to David and his descendants forever by a covenant of what? Say it. Salt. Isn't it? So a covenant of salt was made with David. And then many, many years later, one would be born through the family tree of David who would create a binding commitment with you and me in love. That would be Jesus, of course, right? That he would pay the price to purchase our souls for eternity. Now, as I was thinking about this, I came across this story of an English miner. He like mined for gold. And this English miner came, he was a young guy. He came to the United States back during the 1800s to try and mine and pan for gold. And he, he got here to California. He started working hard. After a period of time, he, he found gold. He struck it rich. And he was on his way back across the United States when he came to New Orleans. And uh, there in downtown New Orleans, he saw a crowd of people gathered. And he wondered what the commotion was. So he walked up to the crowd of people and he peered through the crowd and he saw a black man up on a podium, what looked like, like a platform. And he, and he looked around and there was an auctioneer there. They were actually, this was back when slavery was legal. And they were auctioning off another human being. And he watched the black man be purchased and brought down to his new owner and walk away. And then they placed a beautiful young African-American woman up on the platform to be sold. And people started bidding all over the crowd. And finally, it looked like one guy was going to win this bidding war. And the auctioneer said, going once, going twice. And just before he could lower the gavel, this English miner, he bid. And he bid over double what anyone else in the crowd had bid. And the crowd kind of started chuckling and laughing at him because as a miner, he was kind of a dirty guy from his hard work, and he didn't look like a guy with the means to be able to pay that price for anyone. And so the auctioneer checked his bag of gold to make sure he could cover it, and sure enough, he could. And the auctioneer said, going once, going twice, sold. And that beautiful young black woman walked down off that platform, and she looked that miner in the face, and she spoke 
spit in his face and she said through gritted teeth, I hate you. And who can blame her, right? And the miner just wiped the spit off his face. He took her by the hand and walked her down to what looked like a storefront of some sort. And the young woman didn't know what was going on, but the miner went inside and he was talking to a clerk across the counter. And it looked like they were negotiating in there. And then she watched that miner pull his bag of gold out and pour the rest of it out on the counter. Well, the clerk just took that gold, shook his head, and he walked to the back. And when the clerk came back out, he had a piece of paper and he handed it to the miner. The miner took that piece of paper and he walked back outside and he handed it to that young black woman and said, you're free to go. And she said, why do you tease me like this? I hate you even more. And he said, no, you don't understand. This is your manumission papers. You're free. And she said, you bought me to set me free? And he goes, that's why I bought you. He said, I bought you to set you free. And when it dawned on this beautiful young woman what had been done for her, tears started streaming down her face. And then it landed on her that I never dreamed I could be free. And she collapsed on the ground in tears and she just kept repeating, you bought me to set me free. You bought me to set me free. I just want to help you and I just want to serve you for the rest of my life because you bought me to set me free. And look, here's why I told you that, that story. It's because all of us, no matter our background, what we have done or haven't done or the color of our skin, we've all been enslaved to sin. The Bible says all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But one came because of a covenant of salt many years prior. One would come many years later who would pour it all out on the cross for such as us. He bought us to set us free. And you know what I love about him? Is that he's always adopting new kids, isn't he? He's doing it all the time. And we're not that church that's like gonna pressure or play emotional games to get you to, you know, pray a prayer or something like that. If, if today's your day, great. We would welcome that because we know that God's drawing people to himself all the time. And I'm gonna pray with you here in just a minute. And if you would like to begin love relationship with God through Jesus today, I want you to just talk to him. There's no magical prayer. It's not what we're doing here, but sometimes I like to feed you the words so you can think through what you're doing there. And so shall we bow our heads and talk to God for just a minute? And if you'd like to begin love relationship with him, just talk to him in your own words. Really what's most important is your heart right now, not your words, but just say something like this in your own heart to God. God, look, I know I've been a slave to sin. And right now I choose to believe that Jesus, by dying on the cross, bought me so that I could be free from sin and its consequences. So God, I welcome you into my life. And God, those of us, some of us that have known you for many years, we remember where we used to be. 
and we bow down before you and we cling to you and say, you bought me to set me free. You bought me to set me free. I only want to serve you because you bought me to set me free. Thank you for what you're doing in our hearts, in our lives, in our church here today. And we pray these things to your credit, glory, and honor, Jesus. Amen. Amen. So I think we have, uh, uh, we've had several baptisms today. I don't think anybody signed up in this service, but we are going to sing some songs together. And if you want to be baptized, you can go back there and sign up and we'll, we'll get you baptized today. But we've just been celebrating all day, all the, these many people at the other previous services that have been baptized today. And so if you'd like, would you guys stand with me as we worship and as the band leads us in singing and celebrating this good God that has bought us to set us free. Let's worship together.
to worship you and to fix our eyes on you as we sing out together in song. Thank you for the love that you poured out for us, that you bought us to set us free. Come on, sing out together.
this for you, as Pastor Doug was saying just a moment ago. So as we sing this out, I want to encourage you to declare it out over your circumstances, beyond your feelings. Declare this out, because this is the truth of who you really are, of who I really am in Christ. It says that we are a new creation because of what He's done. Christian, sing it out. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. You are for me, not against me. I am who you say I am. Come on, just receive that today. I am chosen, not forsaken. I am who you say I am. Thank you, Lord. You are for me.
Well, you know. Yes. So check this out. He's so good that he paid it all and he would do so for one. You know, he says that I'm the kind of shepherd that if one of my sheep's missing, I'll leave the 99 to go save the one. So with that in mind, check this out. So I know church is supposed to get out, but would you guys be willing to hang on for the one? One has been bold enough to say, I want to get baptized today. into a friendly it's really true that you bought us to set us free and we can't thank you enough thank you for all the folks that have proclaimed new life in Jesus through baptism today and thank you in this service for the one the one and we hope it pleases your heart and we know that it does because we know that in heaven 
heaven, there's a party when there's just one that returns to you. So we thank you for what you're doing among us today. And we praise you for it in Jesus' name. Everyone said, amen, amen. Good time rock and roll today, huh? All right. We're glad you're a part of the tribe today. To further connect with us, check citytribe.church.